Good morning. The scripture this morning is taken from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25, and that can be found on page 973 in the Pew Bible. A call to persevere. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is God's word. Thank you, Esther. Let's pray again. Lord, anoint our minds to hear and receive your word and help us to understand it as we finish our our series of our church covenant. I pray that you would solidify thoughts and ideas and truth. And this morning you would teach us um, what it looks like to, to leave a church well. As odd as that sounds, we need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Have any of you ever had a breakup with the church? Maybe they didn't have the right programs for your kids or for you if you're a, maybe a senior. Maybe you disliked the pastor. Maybe it was a matter of the church being too far away for you to go to. Maybe you invested your blood, sweat, and tears into this church only to be disappointed, deeply disappointed. There are a number of reasons people leave churches or just stop going to a church. Let me give you a few real-life examples with the names changed. Gene and his wife, Laura, and their kids left their church because they had a fight with another couple. And it was just really uncomfortable to be around them on Sunday mornings. But conveniently, God called them to another church down the street. Tom was a landscaper in his late 50s. And he didn't exactly decide to leave the church, but he was trying to save for retirement. And so he got all the extra weekend work he could. And before you knew it, he hadn't been to church in six months. Or the Anderson family, who got busy with their kids' sports and activities on Sundays. And, and they started missing more and more Sundays until it had been a year since they had been to worship with their church family. Or Samantha was a, a young adult who grew up in church. 
Um, but as she got through her teen years, she began struggling in her faith and having doubts. And by the time she got to college, it was just easier to shed her, her faith and her church-going practice, kind of like an old coat she had worn, she had grown out of. And she still went to church with her families on Christmas Eve, her family on Christmas Eve, and, you know, when she was home on vacation, but that's about it. Did you know that some Christians, even in the earliest days, struggled with the same thing? With people leaving the church or not attending the church, the meeting of the church. The writer of the letter in our Bibles called Hebrews talks about this. You heard it said, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So there were believers, even in the earliest times of the church, who got into the habit of doing their own thing on Sundays, of not being part of the gathered body of Christ. Now, there are a million wrong ways to leave a church, to drift away, to split. Um, But there are also some right ways to leave a church. And so I want to talk about those things this morning. And now, here's why this matters to us, because I believe it matters to all of us here, um, because some of you are thinking about retirement and a possible move south. Um, Some of you are preparing to move away for college. Some of you may just be feeling kind of restless and wondering Should I really stay in this church for the long term? Um, Some of you uh, came here from another church and are wondering, well, is this the church where I'm going to stay for a long time or will there be something else? And as I look out, I see a lot of you who would probably say, this is my church. I am never leaving. But you know what? This sermon, I believe, can help you stay for the right reasons. So first, we're going to talk about how not to leave the church and then how to leave a church. So how not to leave a church. Um, I want to go to this passage in Hebrews and give you the context for, for this command of let us not, you know, get in the habit of not meeting together. So if you have your Bibles, please open to Hebrews 10. I believe it was 792 in the Bible. Pardon me? 973. Okay, not at all, 792. (laughs) 973. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. Hebrews is most of the way through the New Testament, right before James. And let's just read again from verse 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart 
and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. There, you may have noticed in, in those verses, there are a lot of words that deal with the temple or with the old way of worship in Israel. Temples and priests and sacrifices and curtains. All of these things were the way God gave his people to have access to him. It was a way of accessing God, of having a relationship with him. The, the sacrifices, the priest, the, the temple itself was the way to have a relationship with God. But now we have a new and living way, says the author of Hebrews. Uh, and that way is Jesus himself, through whom we, we can come to God, not through a priest, not through an animal sacrifice, not at a temple. We can come to God with full assurance of faith. Think about that phrase, full assurance. It means you don't have to wonder if your sins are forgiven enough. You don't have to wonder if you're good enough. You don't have to wonder if you know enough. You don't have to wonder if God is angry at you or if he loves you. Because through Jesus, you can draw near to God, have access to God with full assurance. That you are loved, that you're being saved, that, that he has you. So, so maybe I should just end the sermon here and say, why wouldn't you want to come to church and celebrate that? Some people take that and think, well, if I have all these things, it doesn't matter if I go to a church building to, to, to commune with God. And that's true. But the church is people. And so to be, look at, look at where he goes with this. In verse 24. Sorry, verse 23. He doesn't say, because of all these things, go off and have your nice, private, personal relationship with God. He says, let us draw near to God. Let us consider, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. This is a, this is a community thing. It's not a personal individual thing. This coming to Jesus calls us into community with one another. He says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. He's talking about the day of Christ's return. Now, um, apparently, the people reading this letter knew Christians who were, who were in the habit of not meeting together. Um, and you know what that feels like, too. Because if you've been here for any length of time, you can picture the faces of those people, some of whom you love dearly, some of whom are your kids or grandkids who are not sitting here today and who have 
maybe not come in a long time, or maybe have moved away and are not part of any church. And that's painful, isn't it? Now, so, so you know what that feels like. What would have stopped the Christians reading this letter from coming to worship with other Christians? If you read the whole book of Hebrews, the, the, the clues in this letter point to the fact that Christians were experiencing persecution. And history, the history of this period tells us the same thing. Most of the Christians reading this were from a, a Jewish background. And in their Jewish communities, if you were outed as a Christian, you might lose your job. You might have your kids um, not welcome at the school. You would, you would be excluded from the synagogue. You would pay a high social cost for being known as a Christian. And, and added to that, the Roman Empire at this point was also persecuting Christians. So you could have your property confiscated. You could be jailed. You could even be killed. And despite all of those things, he says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, we think it's pretty edgy and risky to meet together now with COVID out in the world. But we're not risking our lives or being persecuted for coming together as a church. Um, so it's, it's worth some risk. Um, let's, actually, let me say this. In times of hardship and opposition, it is even more important to meet together, to encourage one another, literally give courage to one another for what we face. I, I found that to be true, that when life is hard, for me personally, or even in, in the world, I need my church family even more to be encouraged and to encourage others. Okay, so let's, let's walk across the bridge from the then and there of Hebrews to the here and now. What are some reasons here and now that people leave the church or just stop coming to church? Not because of persecution, not in this country or this place anyway. But, but I believe the reasons here and now can be even more insidious. The pressures and temptations that cause people to leave the church are more unseen and more insidious than outright persecution. I came up with five reasons that I have found to be most common for why people leave the church. And as I go through these, see if any of them really resonate with you. See if any of them, them speak to your life. If you're like me, maybe a few of them will. Well, first, um, disability. I'm going to start with kind of the legitimate reason that people don't attend worship. Sometimes you simply can't. You're sick. You're housebound. You have a, a work schedule that absolutely cannot be changed. There are, are real reasons that people cannot be here or, or at any church. 
or now during COVID, you know, maybe your doctor has told you, um, you really shouldn't be inside with other people, right? So there are real reasons that you might not be able to come. That's why we have the live stream. One, one word of challenge to anyone in that situation is that um, if you're afraid of getting together right now because of COVID, uh, make sure it's not simply anxiety making that decision for you. Make sure it's an informed, wise decision, because I believe that meeting together is worth some risk. There's always going to be risk. But the other side of the coin is, for those who can't be here, we have a job to bring church to them. Because the church is people and not a building. We can call, we can visit, we can send encouraging texts and emails, whatever. Okay, so what are other reasons people don't come? Doubt. Sometimes people drift away from church simply because they start struggling in their faith. And they find that they can't bring those struggles to church. I want to speak to the young people for a second. Jack and Ray and Michael and Josh and others. As you grow up, you will go through periods of doubt, of questioning, do I really believe this stuff or not? Isabel, is this true or not? And you know, that is a very that has to happen in your faith. You have to go through that. But if, if or when you experience that, bring your doubts to church. Bring your doubts to the community of faith. And that's also true for each one of us. Doubt is a, a normal part of the Christian experience, not an abnormal part. So bring your doubts to church. Bring your doubts to God. He can handle it. He can handle them. And don't let them drive you away from the body of Christ. Okay, a third reason, and these all begin with D, just for your, uh, just for fun. <laughs> a third reason I've seen is distraction. Many people never really decide to stop meeting with their church family, but um, they're simply distracted away from it. I can hear the conversation played out again and again. I've really been, we've really been wanting to come back to church, but we have this going on and this thing going on and this activity going on. And pretty soon it's been a year since you've been here. You know, Jesus told a parable about seed that was growing in a patch of weeds. And before long, that plant was choked out by the weeds around it. He said, he said, some people's faith is choked out by, quote, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things. Distraction. Distraction. Number four is division. A huge reason some people... Uh, many people leave church is because of unresolved conflict. We talked about this last week, that if relational wounds are not healed, 
um, there will be division. And, you know, who wants to come to church if you're walking on eggshells around someone or, you know, if it's, if there's a knot in your stomach thinking about seeing a certain person. Sometimes because we live in a fallen world, it's not possible to fully reconcile with other believers. But the normal, the way that we should all strive for is the way of Jesus, of reconciliation, forgiveness, peace. So don't let division make you stop coming to church. Finally, this probably speaks the most uh, personally to many of us, is disappointment. Disappointment. The church is one of the most disappointing things you can be a part of. Let me explain that. Um, because, I mean, we are, we're following Jesus, right? And we're the people of God, and we have this great mission, and we have this great purpose. And sometimes we just fall so short of who we're supposed to be. And it's disappointing. It's, it's disillusioning. How many of you have had that experience of maybe even being a new believer or finding a church and feeling like, oh, this is great. I love this place. The pastor is wonderful. The people are awesome. We're, we're just, we have such a great mission. And then one year or two years or five years in comes a letdown. When you realize, oh, these people have all the same problems as the people at my last church. Same mess, different address, I've heard it said. <laughs> and this pastor has flaws too. And we're not doing quite as well as I thought we would in our mission, etc. And you face that disappointment. Well, if, if you've been here for a long time, you've, you've been disappointed here, you worked through it. And, and all of us, friends, will be disappointed with church. The good news in this is that God allows this to happen so that we can hope in him more fully. Again, like doubt, disappointment is not, a, is not some abnormal part of the Christian life. It is a feature. People disappoint you. The church will disappoint you. Jesus will not disappoint you. And so, um, when we face disappointment here, bring those honestly to God um, and, and resolve to serve and to love in ways that help the church be strengthened and be a, a better version of itself. So those are just some of the reasons people leave churches that I have found. And I'd like you to ask yourself, what would be the most likely reason that you would drift away? Would they be one of the ones that I've listed or something else? What has happened in the past for you at other churches? And, and I want you to know that about yourself so that when it comes to this church, um, you won't become someone who, like Hebrews 10 says, is in the habit of not meeting together. And on the other hand, if you are sitting here today, 
we thank God that you're here. And you've been through disappointment and doubt and division and disability and all these things, and you're still here. So praise God. So those are some reasons why uh, we should not leave church. Uh, that was three quarters of my sermon, rest assured. But let's talk about now how to leave. Because there, are, there may come a day when God calls you elsewhere. And there is a good way to leave a church. Here's how our church covenant puts it. If we move from this place, we will as soon as possible unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. There's an unwritten belief embedded in that sentence. Here's what it is. That we are followers of Jesus first and foremost, not a member of thus and such church, this or that church first and foremost. We're followers of Jesus. And Jesus' capital C church is made up of millions of lowercase c churches like this one, with whom we are in gospel partnership, not competition. We're not, we're not the best church. We're not the only church. We're not the greatest church. We are one church that belongs to Jesus. Amen. And so you are a follower of him first and foremost. And sometimes following Jesus means leaving a church and going to a different church. Being a member here, as we've seen in the past five weeks, means committing to follow Jesus with these people in this place. Um, and yet sometimes Jesus calls us onward. So what are some of those examples? Well, first of all, um, I hope this never happens here, but tragically, sometimes whole churches depart from the way of Jesus, whether through um, uh, heresy and not preaching the gospel or through abusive you know, leadership, spiritual abusive leadership, whatever. And sometimes in those situations, following Jesus means leaving that church and going to a healthy church. Let's set that aside and talk about a best, a better case scenario. Um, there may come a time when you move away, when you move to college or you retire and move south or you take a job in another part of the state or the country or whatever reason you move away. And as much as we would miss you here, following Jesus would mean doing what our covenant says and quickly becoming integrated in another church where you can live out your faith and, and follow Jesus with those people because you can't carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word only by attending twice a year or only by watching the live stream. You know, it takes on the ground, flesh and blood, church membership somewhere in your community. So that would be a, a situation where um, you would go with our blessing to find a new church to be a part of. 
and you wouldn't forfeit your sense of belonging here when you came back to visit or whatever. We would still love you. You would still belong here in the, in the family, so to speak. But when it comes to your committed membership, you would need a new church to, to do that with. Now, there may even be a time for some of you when you genuinely discern that God is calling you to do um, to be involved in some other kingdom building work somewhere else. Maybe God calls you to be a missionary or to be part of a church plant in a, a town in Vermont that has no gospel preaching church. That'd be pretty cool. Georgia Plain Baptist Church's first church plant. How cool would that be? Maybe God will call you to something you can't yet imagine. And we would say, go with our blessing to be part of that work. We want to send you out. I'll close with this story. Um, when Meg and I were first married, we began attending a, a charismatic Anglican church. That's not an oxymoron. Um, in Wheaton, Illinois. And it was September 2009. For the next year, we, we invested heavily in this church. We got involved in many different ways. Um, but being young and in grad school and knowing we weren't going to live in this city forever, we thought, should we become members of this church or not? We ended up deciding to start the membership process in, I think, February 2011. We went through the membership classes and we were set, we were scheduled to become members on Easter of that year, 2011. But between the membership class and Easter, we decided we were going to be moving away to another city to help Meg's brother and his wife with a new church they were starting in a city called Waukegan. And so I remember feeling somewhat sheepish talking to the pastor and saying, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to become members and then uh, you're not going to see us. You know, six weeks later, we're moving away and we're not coming back. And I'll never forget what he told us. He said, we would love to send you out from here to the church that you will be a part of. Those words really stuck with me because there's a model of leaving a church well, being sent out to carry on God's work. And so if and when you do leave this church, we don't want it to be a painful breakup or a slow drift away, we want to send you out to follow Jesus where he is calling you. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray for a moment. Lord, I'm just aware now that um, this is a difficult subject for, for many of us because, again, we, we all know people that we love who, um, who have left the church or left this church, maybe for the wrong reasons. 
And we pray for them. Firstly, we pray for th- that you would call them back into fellowship, whether with it's, it's with us or with another church where they live. And we pray, God, that you'd protect us from division, uh, from um, situations where people leave on bad terms. Unify us as a church family. Um, make us strong in the Lord. And we pray that that when people do leave, we might be able to send them out to follow you. Amen.